Alexa, what is the best podcast in the land? Here's pulling back the curtain podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. This podcast is sponsored by Sumato Coffee. Sumato Coffee believes that coffee should be unique and high quality from bean to cup. Beyond that, it starts to become stale. At Sumato Coffee, they're incredibly concerned and transparent about when your coffee is roasted. That's why they put the roast date right on the bag. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners receive a 20% discount off their order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit them at sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people, and what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with the rawest opinion while giving you the straight-up facts. No fake news here. I'm Jules. Oppress. We give sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen. Alexa, what is the baddest podcast in the land? Here's Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. Season three of the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast is brought to you by Sumato Coffee. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners will receive a 20% discount on your order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit their website at www.sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people? And what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with our rawest opinion, while giving you the straight up facts. That's right, no fake news here. I'm Jules. I'm Chris. On this episode, we pull back the curtain on the biggest questions that will change your life and much, much more. Prayers was popping, baby. Man, Jules, it's still summertime, huh? I'm like, man, it's weather. Oh, oh man, we definitely getting one of them summers here. And man. I enjoy it. I am I, enjoying it. Me too, man. I'm firing up the grill when we get out here this here podcast today. <laughs> nice, nice. I'm I'll be out there doing some yard work. <laughs> oh, so that's good, man. You off today. Good, good. Oh, yes, sir. Um, you know, my father's birthday is coming up, so he's turning 70. Oh, nice. And Big birthday. So we're taking them. We're taking them to the Sox game tonight, and then of course the the Bears game tomorrow. Where are y'all seats at? Because you know I'm there tomorrow. Right. I'll come by and wish them a, a happy birthday. Okay, cool, man. Most definitely. Get them a what? Are you drink a diet coke or something? Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, diet seven up a coke or so. Yeah, I remember <laughs> we took him a couple years ago, man. He grabbed one of them foot longs and man, he maxed that thing. <laughs> and you know how big those footlongs are, Pray. Oh, yeah, they're huge. They're huge. Man. All right, so let me let me ask you. What's your pops thinking, man? Is he thinking that Justin's starting or he think Dalton's starting tomorrow? I was over at the house watching, was it last week or the week before? But he liked Justin Fields. But he's saying he don't want him to start. He don't want him out there too soon. Right. Because he know that the Bears right now, right now they got to do some work. They got to do some work with that line. Yeah. And he don't want them out there to get, you know, you put a early, you put a new quarterback there so early, you, you rock, if some things don't go right, you rock his confidence and, yep. you know, don't develop him correctly. He's one of the ones that's just, he loved Justin Fields. He, he can't wait to see him play, but 
man, let's get that line going and let's bring him up correctly, the right way. Yeah, I mean, because he got sacked nine times last week. Now, I'm not going to go oh. off on this episode because I've already done that this week enough. Yeah, but... I heard you, Press. I heard you. <laughs> I heard you, man. And I was like, man, you know what? <laughs> I'll just sit up there. I'm with you, Press, because I didn't like to see. I was working, but I did not like to hear that. Yeah. Nine times? Oh, my goodness. And to your father's point, this is like our young quarterback of the future, and you out here right. getting them hit that much. You're not supposed to do that to any quarterback, let alone your franchise quarterback. To me, as I said, that was just uh, malpractice. Like, if he was a doctor, man, we would be suing him for malpractice. Mm. You don't do that. That's neglect. Someone need to pull uh, Nagy aside and really, really go off on him and say, man, what, what was your problem? Me, personally, I would have pulled him out the game and put Nick in. Because, what the, I mean, this, this game is done. Yes. This game is done. And why point is that at least Nick, more experienced quarterback, read the defense a little bit, get the ball out a little quicker. I would have put Nick in. I wouldn't keep it. I wouldn't keep that young man out there like that. No. And, and you know, the other thing, too, that made me mad watching that game is when Justin was having those struggles, which because of the offensive line, which because of the poor mm-hmm. play calls from Nagy. But when he's on the sideline, you can see his confidence is a little shaken. You as the head coach, why aren't you going over there to talk to the kid and, and make sure he's right. good? He didn't do that one right. single time. The only people that was over there talking to him was Dalton and Foles. And you saw what Foles said on the sideline. They zoomed in on him, and he said, these plays ain't working. No. This ain't the first time that Foles said that about Matt Nagy. Not only did he, he said it. Who else said it? Who, who, who tweeted something? Oh, damn. Oh, you talking about Jimmy Graham? <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Graham. Prez, yep. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Whatever it was, it better not happen tomorrow, because you know, Jules, It better not. If he do that shit tomorrow in that game, those bluebirds are coming out. It's going to be nasty out there. Mm-hmm. So he better do what he needs to do. He better do right by Justin Fields. And you better do right by this damn Chicago Bears fan base. Do right by us. Yeah. i tell you one thing, Press. Let me know where you at because I want to make sure you're not jumping out of your, your seat and running to that sideline with his Denny's playbook. <laughs> so I, might have to, I might have to grab you, man. Yeah. If you ain't hey, listen, if you see a, a blue Khalil Mack jersey like on the field, just know <laughs> shit's about to go down. <laughs> oh man, they should immediately take the offense uh, uh play away from him. real talk. Oh, well, that's another thing, too. So, Matt Nagy's come out and said everything's on the table, but he's not going to disclose who's going to call play calls. Well, guess what, Jules? This ain't rocket science. So, if we see that the offense is moving and it's working, then we know you're not calling the plays. If it's the same bullshit mm-hmm. that we saw the last couple of weeks, then we know it's still you calling the plays, Nagy. So you ain't fooling nobody. If you said we see a trick play on the first and 10, we know that's a Nagy call. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. He's just like, he does that shit to be cute for no damn reason, Jules. No damn reason. Hey, that's that stuff we do like when we play Madden or something. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. This. <laughs> and he do this shit in the game thinking this shit's fun. <laughs> But you know what, President? It's in the game. It's in the game. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, Jules, what if that's what if that's in his head when he's calling these stupid ass plays? <laughs> Somebody need to fire him, <laughs> right? Oh, but no, man. listen, we'll see, man. But dude, I hope your pops gets to see a good victory tomorrow. It'll be good to see you guys at the game tomorrow. So we'll we'll definitely uh, catch up there. So yes, let's get sir. into this fair file before we get into these mailbag questions, audience. We got a good one for you this week. And some of you guys might have been affected by my fair file. So I bought some tickets to see Lauren Hill of Virginia. She was supposed to have been there 
the end of September. I think it was like September 25th was the date of the concert. September 23rd, I get this email. And it was the one that I was dreading where it says, we are sad to announce that this concert has been postponed. But then it also goes on to say that Miss Hill is postponing this concert because she will be going on tour with the Fugees. So the Fugees are having mm. their 25th anniversary of the score, which is that legendary album. So oh, yeah. that Fugees tour was kicking off September 22nd. And I'm sitting here thinking like, well, damn. Like, so if y'all was doing this surprise pop-up show in New York City on the 22nd, how come you couldn't have told us uh, about this cancellation or this postponement sooner than a couple of days before you had to cancel? So, Jules, I'm going to ask you, fair or foul, or one Lauren Hill waiting to postpone this concert a few days beforehand. Meanwhile, she's popping up in New York City with the Fugees. Three hours late, might I add, but she still showed up. Damn. <laughs> Damn, that's a foul. She was supposed to do a show on the 25th, yeah. but you got the email on the 23rd. Yeah. But she already made another engagement on the 20... Yeah, she had performed in New York City with the Fugees on the 22nd. The 2nd. She probably bit off more than she can chew and then just couldn't just couldn't do the other show. Me personally, it's a foul because as an entertainer, I mean, she's been doing it for years. I would, I would knew, I would know that she would be able to to balance it. No, right. how to balance it, right? Right. Drills. So maybe something, you know. But still, you got fans, you got fans that want to see you perform and listen to you and your beautiful work, and and it's just a just a letdown because. Yeah. Yeah, it's Lauren Hill, man. It's Lauren Hill. Thank you. I was disappointed. I was yeah. sad because I was over here. People, when I told them I had got the tickets, they like, bro, you know she's going to cancel, right? So I'm sitting over here like, no, she ain't. No, she ain't. And then she does it. <laughs> and I'm over here taking up for her. Oh, damn. Well, now let me ask you something. Is she is she known for canceling shows? Oh, or? yeah. Okay. Known for canceling shows, known for okay. showing up. And, you know, I'm not going to kill her because I still love her music and I think she's okay. beautiful. But... There's been some erratic behavior maybe sometime in some of her shows. So yeah. it's kind of hit or miss. Wow. Yeah. Come on, and let's you know me, man. Yeah, she got tightened up. Because this is my thing. Okay, fine. You had this show on the 22nd. But this concert mm-hmm. in Chicago is on the 25th. When y'all go on tours, you know, like you said, she's a professional. It's not like y'all don't fly from city to city to perform in another city. Right. So right. what kept you from doing it here? And also... The tour doesn't officially kick off until November 2nd here in Chicago. So I'm like, what's the problem? Yeah. Uh, mm. That bothered me. So I was like, man, this wasn't a good look, considering the past that she's had with concert cancellations and whatnot. But also, it was kind of interesting, Jules. So in the email, they were like, hey, you're going to be offered a full refund. However, the concert for next year that Lauryn Hill is going to reschedule, there's no date and your tickets won't be valid for that show. And I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. But it, it was no, mm-hmm. hey, we'll offer you a sort of discount or we'll offer you anything. Right. No, it was nothing Something. extra. It was just more, hey, you are you get your money back, which I still haven't got my money back for the record, Ravinia. So oh, y'all no. need to make that right. I haven't got that money back. That's messed up because uh, she needs to be careful because then she's going to announce that she's going on tour or she's going to be at this, this venue or whatever. And nobody's going to pay because she have a, a, you know, a little reputation of counseling on her shows. Right. So she needs to be careful with that. Yeah. Now, I will say, they offered us pre-sale for people that bought tickets for that Ravinia show that they could uh, pre-sale buy tickets for the uh, the Fuji's one. So I okay. looked at the tickets, man, Jules, and they were like three, 400 bucks. I was like, man, I don't know about all that. 
Mm. <laughs> I bet it's going to be a good show, but I'm thinking maybe I'll wait a little closer to the event and maybe see if I can find from somebody on StubHub or Craigslist or something. Okay. Like, yeah, like that's that a... demand. Because I'm like, right. they got a lot of seats available. So I'm like, maybe the demand won't be there and I might be able to get some tickets uh, at the last minute. Mm. Right, right. And they might, you know, like you say, lower the price too. Might get at a good price. Yes. Uh-huh. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> yeah, because you spend them paying that money. Yeah, I want it. I want the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be her back with Wyclef, man. I, I was like, so when I looked at that, I was like, man, I love me some Fuji's. That took me back to our high school days. Mm-hmm. But yeah. 25 years, damn, bro. Where does time go? I don't know. But that's why we're doing this episode today, which we're going to get into later, listeners, because okay. I'm telling you, 25 years, man, we blinked. And here we are. Sheesh. It's scary, dude. <laughs> it's scary. Mm-hmm. It's definitely scary, man, when you're not uh, doing anything to, to, to make sure that you're putting yourself in positions out here. Shoot. Sure. That's <laughs> it. Man, you hit it right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, listen, man. Let's get into these mailbag questions okay. before we can hit this audience with, with our main topic for the day. Mm-hmm. All right. First mailbag question comes over from Abigail from Norman, Oklahoma. And she wanted to know, fellas, what did you think about Bill Maher's <sighs> comments about the Black National Anthem and how it promotes segregation? So Bill was talking about it's, it's segregation, but under a different name. President, sometimes people are too deep for me. And I just like to look at stuff simple. So let me ask you something. Are they playing both the Liffey Burson scene and also the Star Spangled Banner? Correct. Me, personally, that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. I'm used to both of them. And right. Chris, well, we, you know, we came up, up on the, on the right. Lift Every Voice for six. Right, right. We was we remember Prez, them graduations and yeah. you know, things coming up with grade school. When they say Black National Anthem, that was our national anthem. That's we right. Were sing, we were singing that. But then, before school start, I know for me and my school, we was always doing the Pledge of Allegiance. Same here, yeah. I don't look at it separate or anything. I just look at you just giving kudos to, to Black people and also the America. I don't, friends, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, so when I looked at the comments, I think sometimes some people, they just get a little too deep into some of these, these situations, right? So we know why it is that they're playing Lift Every Voice and Sing now at these NFL games. In the wake of everything that took place in 2020, this is the NFL basically saying, okay, we're going to do both of them. So mm-hmm. they signed a 10-year deal and they are pledging $250 million towards racial equality and all those type right. of measures, right? Mm-hmm. So this is a part of that. Now, when I look at what Bill is saying, I disagree with him. I don't think that it promotes segregation in any kind of way. But I've also told you, Jules, that I thought the national anthem, whether it's the, the U.S.-based one or the Black national anthem, I just feel like that shit's unnecessary before these games. I've always said that. Mm-hmm. I just want to see the game. But they pay money for it. But they pay money for right. it. That's right. So they so, got to do it. Right. Right. <laughs> but I think Bill, he needs to be careful when he starts speaking on topics like this. Because America, as we've brought up in the show many times, has an ugly history. So when you want to start speaking about segregation... You got to remember who the people that were segregated against are yeah. all about. Right. So mm-hmm. you might want to be quiet because this country has done a lot. Fair housing that we talked about. Jim Crow South. What happened in fucking Tulsa? Uh-huh. We've had so many events in our history that have negatively impacted us. So I don't really care what he thinks about the Black National Anthem plan. Honestly, when I heard the comments, I said, 
Who cares? Right. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Because like, yeah. if, you, if you got so much to say, then why don't you speak out about uh, the ugly history of why it was the fact that we had to have that song in the first place? Because obviously, if we felt like we were part of the greater United States, we wouldn't have created our own national anthem. Prez, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. It's also dangerous to try to classify this as segregation because, again, all segregation isn't equal, Jules. And I think that he's missing out on that because <laughs> we didn't choose to be segregated. We were told that we couldn't drink out of well, the same water true. fountain as other people. We were told that we couldn't go to the same schools, live in the same communities, eat inside the restaurant with them. This was done to us. Right. So be very careful when you start talking about how things feel like segregation. Yeah, it was a bad question or a bad statement because it's like, does this promote segregation? I'm like, I'm like you, like, what? you're trying to bring in equality to, to everyone. So it's, it's not segregation. It's, it should be unity. But again, it's hard to talk about because it's like, dude, like you said, our people, our ancestors was the ones being segregated and going to be being oppressed on. So it's like, when he, when it comes from him and his, or anybody uh, like him, is like. We talking about segregation, like what, what, what you mean? <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> right, that's why I had a hard time. Like when I saw this, and you know, then there are other athletes that uh, you know, people, other people that said it, you know, kind of agreed with them. But because you know what, Jules, and before we get to the next question, I got this uh, question. I'm going to pose to you, and then also for okay. some of our other listeners. So where does it end? So mm-hmm. if you feel that now singing "Lift Every Voice" and sing before these games is segregation, you don't feel like we should be having multiple anthems playing. Well, do you also believe that we shouldn't have HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities? Do you think that that's segregation? Oh, that's a good question. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's there. Because we yeah. know why those, those schools were formed, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. These are one of the things. Just let this one ride, man. You don't need to speak on this. Just let this ride, man. If they want to play uh, Liberty Boys and Saints, let them play Liberty Boys and Saints, man. But what you going to do about it? You going to stop it? Like, I, mean, I, I get it. You want one, there should be one national anthem. But, I mean, just let just let it ride, man. Right. Exactly. There's more important things going on in this world right now right. than you worried about the song to get the song before NFL football game. Right. <laughs> Jesus right. Christ. That was my <laughs> position on it. But no, that was a great question, Abigail. And mm-hmm. so you got our thoughts. The next one, Stephanie from Baltimore, Maryland. She wanted to know, guys, will you listen to another R. Kelly song mm. or album after his recent guilty Verdict. Mm. Talk to him. I was listening to R. Kelly yesterday. I was listening to if I can turn back the hands of times, because I bet you he's I bet you he's singing it right now. Yeah, you ain't one. My God. <laughs> My God. But uh uh no laughing matter what 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 was going on with Kales and all that that was that came with it. But yeah. um when I saw this question all this week, I went around and I've been hearing people playing R. Kelly music. I was at a when I was at work, I went to a call. And the female, it was a female, she had her uh, R. Kelly ringtone. Oh. I said, I was like, okay, you still, I said, I, so I asked, I said, how you feel about, how you feel about Kells now, you know, they uh, found him guilty on racketeering, and and she was like, you know what, I don't like what he did, but the man did right and produced some great music. I said, okay. Hmm. Okay. I said, hey, that's your opinion. That's, hey, that's fair. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm the same way. Dude, that dude is talented. Dude is talented. Now, would I buy if he put anything else? Would I buy and promote it? No, 
But I guess stuff, you know, uh, go to the gym or in the car or whatever the case may be, it's in the rotation. You know, I won't skip past it. You know, I still listen to it. But if anything, it, anything else come out, I won't, I won't support it. Right. So, Jules, this was a tough one for me. And you know how I felt about this situation since it started back when we were, God, we were like in our 20s. Because this mm-hmm. stuff is not something that just popped up. We've been hearing these rumors about him for a very long time. But I'll say right. this. Because I'm a kid of the 90s, I grew up off of this R. Kelly music, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That 12 play, one of my favorite albums of all time, right? Oh, that's that's the that's a, that's a track there, boy. So you got to think about it. Most of the people that are in our age group were fans of, of R. Kelly. Now, like I said, these allegations about him, they've been going on for years. And mm-hmm. my position at the time was, okay, yeah, these things are horrible. If true, I don't know if I could fuck with him. But at the time, he hadn't been found guilty of any crime. So at that point, I still listened to the music. Now, these allegations, even at the whole time when they were going on, I was like, dude, this is the nasty, despicable shit. But I said, at this point, there was no guilty verdict. Mm-hmm. And I also thought about Ludacris, and in one of his raps, he said, I love R. Kelly, but not around my daughter. He said, I'm uncomfortable. So that's kind of how I saw it. I was more of like, hey, I like R. Kelly the musician, but R. Kelly the person seems like he's a scumbag, and you can't be hanging out with me and mine like that, right? So okay. I think that a lot of people, what they did was they separated the two. Some people were like, hey, I'm a fan of the music, but his actions to him as a person, I can't rock with. So that's kind of mm-hmm. how I was before that guilty verdict happened. Now that the guilty verdict happened, now I'm just over here like, I don't know if I could, Jules. And the reason why mm. I say that is because I have to think about like the young girls that are coming up, you know, in the future. What he has been found guilty of doing to the women in his past, you know, that's some shit. These people are probably damaged and probably won't be able to recover from some of the things that happened in those situations. So I think about our young girls that are growing up in the future, the young little women in my family. So I think about them when I think about him being found guilty of this. So now. The one point about this situation that I do want to be extremely, extremely transparent about with the audience. At what point, though, do we stop trying to cancel people's legacies, right? Whether it's as a musician, whether it's as an actor, because I know that they're trying to mute his music. They're trying to take it off of the streaming platforms. But you have to realize that there's other musicians that have been out here that have been found guilty of various crimes that have done various things. And I don't see these campaigns out here trying to cancel those individuals. Now, I made my own personal decision this week to not listen to his music or not seek his music out. But these campaigns that try to go out and mute the music, Jules, when I think about that, I said, well, then are you going to do this with other people? Are you going to go after other individuals that have done things morally that have been wrong? That's where my question is for people. Man, that's a fair question, too, because let's be honest, R. Kelly's not the only musician or actor, actress, or politician, or whatever the case may be, allegedly did this. It's a big world, and there's a lot of people in it, and are you going to cancel culture, cancel all, all of them? That was a fair, excellent question. Yeah. I mean, because he's not the only one that's right. had issues with underage girls, with sexual abuse and things mm-hmm. of that nature. And some of these artists from back in the day, they even sung about it in their songs. So... I'm just saying, when we're looking at drawing the line, well, I just want us to make sure that we keep that same energy when it comes to other people as well. Because I remember back in the day, 
when they were going after Michael Jackson. Now, I will say for the record, I still listen to Michael Jackson's music. And guess what? There's going to be some people out there that may feel some way about me saying that. But listen, Michael Jackson is one of my favorite artists of all time. Oh, man. The greatest. One of the greatest. Yeah. And so they drug him through the ringer. In my opinion, I will still listen to those songs because Michael Jackson has sung some songs, man, that still will bring a tear to my eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Prayers, I'm with you. I'm standing right next to you. Hey, I listen. After this <laughs> podcast, I'm listening to Michael Jackson while I'm cutting that grass. See, there you go. <laughs> there you go. You know, so... No, I, th- I thought this was a very fair question, mm-hmm. but I wanted to be thoughtful, Stephanie, in the way that I answered it. So I made that choice after the verdict. But at the same time, I still think that people need to make the best decision for them. Don't be pressured by the people around you that's telling you, oh, this is wrong. You should have listened to it. I'm not here to tell you how you should look at any sort of moral situation, because let's just be honest. People are out here in this world doing fucked up shit every day. Uh-huh. And the loudest people out here that are going after people and doing this stuff, imagine if people could go into your closet and see your skeletons. So it's real easy to to judge other people. You know, none of us are perfect in this world. What R. Kelly did and what he was found guilty of, despicable, just horrible Uh acts. But let's not act like we're perfect out here in this world, people. So that's all I got to say on that one. Yeah, Prez, no, you're right. And we talked about those previous pods about Listen, just because nobody's picking in your in your closet don't mean you should go out there and just 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 blab and just point at somebody else's. Let it play out. Listen, he went to trial, got found guilty, he'll be sentenced. Okay, that's it. Let it go. That's it. Now, the extra, extra stuff, you don't need it. It's, it's uncalled for. You don't need it. Because he's going to serve his time. He's going to be in jail oh, probably man. for the rest of his life. He's right. broke. Right. So at the end of the day, like, he's going to serve his justice. Now, those women that, you know, have accused him, they probably will never be able to heal from this. But as far as they want him to be found accountable, well, he is being found accountable. Right. He was found guilty. He's in jail. He's on a rotten jail. So that's where I see it. Mm-hmm. All right. The next question comes over from Lindsay. And she's from Hammond, Indiana. And Jules, she wanted to know, okay. what were our thoughts on Kyrie Irving's stance on the COVID-19 vaccine? And we were just talking about you last week, Kyrie. Yeah, man. You know, now, Prez, is it is it true that Kyrie that Kyrie said that uh that this vaccine is a plot to connect black people to to a mass computer? Yes, for a plan for Satan. I was like, I said, what this boy smoking on, man? <laughs> I was like, God damn. Now, Jules. Now, real quick, I do want to remind okay. you. Remember the Tuskegee experiment? True, true, true. true. I do. So, I think Kyrie, in his mind, is he was trying to say, like, hey, we can't trust this because we don't know what it's doing to our community. But he was off base with that one. I'm like, Kyrie, what you talking about, bro? Yeah, I was, I was a little I was a little off. I'm like, man. You know, sometimes people say stuff just in, just in, just in jiving or whatever. Maybe he was just jiving. I don't know. But uh, but what he did say, as he's a VP of, uh, of the Players Union, he did say they need to come to a vote. They need to come to an to a agreement, to a table, at least talk about it. I think basketball just saying the uh, president of basketball just saying, hey, you know what? You guys need to be vaccinated. If not, you're going to you're not playing. And I think they need to come up because there's a playing union. I mean, they have to talk to it. Right. Don't they have to come to the table and at least at least let it be uh, have the players talking about it because uh, let's be honest, not everybody's comfortable about getting a shot. Mm-hmm. And nowadays we see it all over this all over this country, at least in this country, that in New York, they firing nurses who ain't getting a shot. Right. I know they talk about as far as us, or the police officers, if we won't get the shot, we, we won't work. 
which I don't know how. I, me personally, I'm thinking all oh, this should be could be unconstitutional. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's now it's 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 getting it's getting ugly. It's getting ugly. And I think for the ones who are in charge and, and, and for the ones who are in charge and have subordinates and we have to come to a common ground with this thing because you are talking about people's bodies. And if you don't feel comfortable with getting this shot, I don't think you should, but there's extra steps you should do to prevent other people from you getting sick and also for, other, for you contaminating other people. So Jules, I agree with you, man. I made the decision to get the vaccine for my own reasons, right? It was a decision mm-hmm. that I made. And I didn't push that on other people. I'd have a lot of friends of mine that haven't been vaccinated. I have a family member didn't get vaccinated. He actually had COVID a week ago. And I didn't point the oh, finger wow. at him and say, man, should have got that vaccine. I'm like, listen, that's on him. Right. I heard my right. stance on that. I'm like, listen, if I know people, you ain't been vaccinated, man. Don't be all up in my face. <laughs> that's, just, that's just where I am. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, but now. with Kyrie, when I think about his situation, you know what the problem that I have with the Jules is not the fact that he's unvaccinated. That's his own choice that he mm-hmm. made. He's got to live with that. But it's the misinformation. You have a platform. I was just about to say that. Right, right. You can't be out here spewing stuff like here, these conspiracy theories and all this other bullshit. Because that's also a part of the problem. Because you got so much misinformation out here. You already have a society that we don't really trust the government. We don't always think that they're in our best interest. Most of the time, they're probably not. But at the end of the day, though, when you have people that have uh, some sort of like stardom to them and they're now making these comments, well, people won't, they're obviously going to listen and they're going to be like, mm-hmm. well, Kyrie thinks this kind of way. Well, Kyrie hasn't been vaccinated, right? So then it makes them feel like, well, shit, I'm not doing this shit either. So whatever you're going to do, Kyrie, do it, but just do your research. And when you speak on it, Make intelligent comments on it. And then right. my second point is, we know that in New York, if he wants to make money there and if he wants to be able to perform there, he's got to get vaccinated because they have a rule in New York. You don't get this right. shot. You can't work. You can't work. So now what happens then now if, if Kyrie doesn't get this vaccine? So he's going to have to miss every game that they play in New York. So that means he's going to miss half the season if he don't get vaccinated. President, this stage in the game, man, it's like pretty much is what they tell you. Get vaccinated. Right. Man, this is difficult because it's like, first of all, there shouldn't be a dictatorship. But I'm not sure if they can do this if, if it's con- unconstitutional. Because it's your body. How? Why would you, you know, if you don't feel comfortable, why should I get this? Why should I be forced to get this? But you got a lot of people right now that are forced to do it. I mean, in New York right. and in San Francisco, right. it's, no, it's no option. You do it or it can't work. Are you good? So if you were, if you're willing to you know, lose, you know, not work, but then you have your team behind, you got your team depending on you. Right. It's, man. And this is after we talked last week about KD yep. going to ownership and saying, do not trade this man. <laughs> and now you got Brooklyn over here like, well, we just don't know how he wakes up, <laughs> how he's going to think about something. He may right. wake up and say, I don't want to play tomorrow. <laughs> so, it's like in a long way, hey, man, you must go ahead and get that shot, brother. <laughs> just go ahead and do it, man. Just I go mean, ahead. You're getting paid $36 million, bro. I mean, I'm sorry. You know, you got a team that's dependent on you. You got an organization that's dependent on you. You got a fan base that wants to see you guys do well. Right. He's got a lot of people that are looking at him like, man, we need you out there. So if you don't feel comfortable getting the vaccination, I would just prefer for it to be for valid reasons and not some conspiracy theory. That's all. Right. And I agree with you, Prez. He got a big fan base. Don't spread misinformation. 
Right. Because there's enough stuff going around about this this vaccine, and we don't need any misinformation, man, anymore. I mean, they they jumped on Nikki about the comments she made about her one of her friends or whatever. I I don't know about all that, but huh. you know, could it could it be? Couldn't it be? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what this thing. You know. So, right. Kyrie, man, you might as well just go ahead and bite the bullet. Just go in there and get that, lift up that sleeve, man. Go ahead. <laughs> just do it. Because you know what, Jules? This is the thing. I'm getting ready to just go okay. in for a second. I hate how everything in this world has become political. Every fucking thing. Now, we have seen this fucking COVID kill almost, I mean, it's 700,000 people that have passed away from this thing. Each of us probably has known someone that's died of COVID. We damn sure know someone has had it. Mm-hmm. So the way that I look at this thing is this ain't no political decision. I took the shot. I got two of them. I didn't think twice because I said, you know what? I don't know what the fuck this thing is that's out here. I was fortunate I didn't catch it before I got the vaccine. I haven't had it since. I just wanted to make sure that whatever this thing is, I don't get it. That was my decision. I wanted to be responsible. I wanted to make sure that I was protecting other people that I was coming into contact with. That is why I did it. Now. Like I said, I'm not here to tell you what you should or should not do. That's just why I did so. But also, we made jokes in the beginning of this thing how we said we wouldn't get it because we didn't know this and we didn't know that. Well, that was before Jules and I did our research. After I did my research, I said, you know what? All those little jokes that I was making, hey, I needed to (laughs) take a step back from those and realize, all right, man, like jokes are one thing, but now it's time to be serious about what's going on right here because people dying isn't something to take lightly. Uh-huh. And that's really why I made the decision that I made. All right. The next mailback question comes over from Lance. Lance is from Sacramento, California. He Lance. wanted to know, what is the best meal you've ever eaten and where was it from? Oh, man. Lance, this is an excellent question. Because, <laughs> hey, because one thing present I talk about on this, on this podcast, we like to eat. <laughs> and uh, a couple of days ago, a buddy of mine is from the gym, Jesus, wanted to take me to a Mediterranean restaurant. It's called Al Bawadi. It's located in Bridgeview, like over 87 up, uh, past little east of Harlem. Okay. Al Bawadi is, is believed. And please, please, people, don't hit, you know, don't come at me for, for messing up this name. But we, we went there a couple of days ago, and I ended up getting this, this dinner, this dish where it have uh, kebabs, where it's like steak chicken, uh, ground beef, along with rice and hummus and bread. Man, this was some good eating because it's it's like a, it's grilled. Everything is grilled. And man, I, that was my first time I had Middle Eastern uh, dish. And it was, man, that was a one great dish. It was a, man, it was a good dish. And then for dessert, we had this dessert called Kenef. It's called Kenef. And it ain't nothing but sugar, and cheese, and wow. they fried it. They fried it, and man, I heard. Hey, Prez, I hurt myself. <laughs> man, it was good. So the place called Al Bawadi. Man, if if you in the south side of you coming to Chicago, whatever, check that place out because that, you know, a little pricey, but it was man, the food was good. So I've heard of that place. Now that you that you kept talking through it, it's in the Harlem Corners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In that area. Yeah, yeah. I haven't gone there yet, but I love me some good Mediterranean food, so I'm going to definitely have to check that one out. So you talked about that dessert. I was sitting over here like, man, I want to try that. 
Ooh, man. Uh, Chris, man, we try it out, man. Let me know, man, because, I mean, it's a good portion, good size plate. That's what's up, man. So mine, Jules about to, he, he going to probably make fun of me on this one, but it's okay. I would say mine is Noble, N-O-B-U. It's in Vegas. It's Caesars. My brother and I, we attended Summer League for the NBA. This was about a few years back before COVID. And uh, we were staying at Caesars. And I was like, man, I said, we should hit up Noble. And he was like, man, I don't know. He said, man, his prices over here kind of hitting a little bit. So I was like, eh, that's okay. true. So anyway, my brother ended up hitting a jackpot on one of those Michael Jackson slot machines. And so as soon as he hit, I hear all this commotion. I look over, I'm like, Damn, that's my brother standing over there by that machine that's going crazy. So I get up off the blackjack table where I'm at, and I said, hey, man, we're going to Noble, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. So we, we got the reservation. We went over there, man. I'm talking about huh, some of the best food I ever had. I had the uh, Wagyu beef. For any of my steak lovers out there, Oh, Wagyu A5. Food. A5, baby. Dude, wait a minute. Hey, hold on, Prez. If I can ask this, how much did how much your brother win? Uh, he won it, a little bit on the ten stacks. Now that that meat you told me that wagyu meat. Now, if people don't know about it, it's, it's a pretty penny, right? Oh yeah. Uh huh. Oh yeah. We said that on. meat there. I was like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> and I went eight five with it too. So this is levels to this thing. <laughs> Man. Oh, hey, man, you was eating like you was Floyd Mayweather or somebody. Man, I felt like him <laughs> that day. <laughs> if only we could eat like that every day. But, man, it was it was such a good meal, man. The food was great. They brought the beef out on these black rocks. They were hot. And they bring it out so that the meat is like medium rare. But it's at that perfect temperature, man. I'm telling you, man, I was sitting there. I enjoyed that shit so much. The service was great. And... One of the things that I really enjoyed was the waiter. You know how the waiters come over and they ask if you have any questions and things like that? Well, this waiter was different. He came over and he was like, hey, what type of preference do you guys have? Well, what, what do you guys like? This and that. And then he created a menu just for our table. So just for us. And said, hey, this is what you guys want to go with. I'll take care of you. you, you we're going to do this for the appetizer. You know, you said that you like steak so we're gonna do the a5 we're gonna get you to your bad experience i mean everything was just like top notch man top fucking notch so that was my favorite meal nice i gotta go there but i might i mean i may need that black card that you get as you <laughs> <laughs> i knew that was coming i might need that thing man because ooh we and now just to just to are you gonna be in that way uh next week so not doing noble, but I'm definitely going to hit up a couple spots out there, man. I got a couple that's on my hit list. I do want to check out, they got a steakhouse down there called STK. So I want to check STK. that one out. Yeah. Okay. But no, I ain't doing that noble. That was a that was a $1,500 night when we went out to that dinner. It was just two of us. Okay, not bad, not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. But this, one of the things that I ain't doing next week, though. <laughs> I will say to the audience, if you guys do get a chance for any people that do frequent Vegas, and if you guys come up on some money down there, treat yourself and go over to Nobu. Get that A5. Mm. So, in the spirit of today's episode, audience, we're going to talk to you guys about some of the best questions to ask. 
And the reason why I wanted to do this episode is because I was at a recent Zoom session and there was a speaker that came in and he basically challenged each of us to create our own questions that we aren't asking ourselves every day, things that we could be doing to basically, in essence, have a better life. But then he posed some questions. So then Jules and I did this exercise together and we kind of went back and forth and we talked about some of the questions that we should be asking in our life. And we're going to go through that here with you guys today and give you our answers to some of these key questions. And the reason why I wanted to do this episode is because when I was in that session, I thought to myself, man, it's often a life where some people just kind of like look at things and they say, man, why aren't things going the way that I like them to in my life? I always thought, well, maybe it's because, you know, they're not doing things the right way and they're not living up to their potential. But when I was in this session, the guy was basically like, no, he said, it's often a result of not asking yourself the right questions in life. And so when I started thinking about that, I said, well, damn, that is true, because there are some questions that are hard for us to confront, because sometimes you might be afraid that you're going to get an answer that you don't want and fucking get in return, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know how Um, that goes. Yeah. (laughs) So a lot of times people just don't really want to know the answer to that question. But think about the quote from Socrates. The unexamined life isn't one worth living. And so when you think about that quote and what it means, not only does that apply to you in life, but I think that it also applies in business. Because I think some of the most successful businesses and the ones that are run the best way, they run their business on questions and not answers, right? And so that's why I think this episode today is so, so important. because. We need to be running our life on questions. We need to always be asking questions. I mean, think about kids when they're when they're growing up and they're always asking their parents why. They're always asking their parents, what about this? What about that? Well, that's how you learn, right? And I think we get to a certain point in life where some of us, we stop asking those questions. Why is that? Or sometimes I'll hear some parents, well, they'll tell the kids, hey, shut up, stop talking. Why are you doing that? That's the only way they're going to learn is by you teaching them and by you putting them on. So they're asking these questions because at that age, they're trying to learn things. They're trying to pick up on the way things work. And so I think it's important to make sure that we're not stifling that. And we're also continuing to always ask those questions and not just any old minor questions, sometimes the tough questions. And I think we should be asking those of ourselves each and every day, Jules. Man, I can't wait to get into it then. (laughs) And, you know, before we do get into it. Okay. When you and I first started podcasting, And this was one of the things that was hard for me in the beginning because I never really liked the sound of my voice like that. So Mm. I remember when we first did our podcast, I couldn't listen to the episode because I was like, oh, that's what I sound like. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I know what you mean, man. Yeah, it's like weird because you're not used to hearing yourself on, on, you know, on a device and you go back and you listen like, man, do I really sound like that? Like I sound weird or, or, you know, but then you get people who come by, you're like, man, dude, you sound great. <laughs> yeah, especially you, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I, pre- I appreciate you, man. I appreciate that. Oh, I'm man. listening to you guys, man. You're perfect. I mean... <laughs> oh, man, I appreciate you. But, but you know why I, I brought that up? And that's also one of the things that, for me, I had to kind of work through because in life, we don't hear ourselves the same way that other people hear us. So that's mm-hmm. why when you're like, hey, man, you guys sound perfect. Mm-hmm. But it took me a while to, to feel that way about my own self. Well, think about the way that we behave in life. It's the same thing. Because we may interpret our behavior in one way. 
and we may think that we come across this way while everybody else is seeing like the real you. <laughs> and so <laughs> I think this episode is great for us to be able to have like that 360, 360 assessment just about getting that perspective about who we are. And this, these are the things that are going to help us as we navigate and kind of move forward in life. So Jules, I'm going to go through some of them and we'll just, we'll just go, okay. we're gonna take them one by one. So yeah. the first question was, how do people see me differently than I see myself? Wow. You know, Prez, I, I look at that and I, I kind of see my, first I had to ask myself, well, how do I see myself? So I kind of see myself as, as this light. Because of what I grew up in my faith, we all have, well, people who, who believe in the higher power in God walk around in, in light because of, because of Jesus. And I feel that I like to show my faith and through myself, and where with people who see me will see, oh, this guy is not a he's not a hole, or he's not mean, or just overall good guy. That's how I, I, I view myself. And then for the one for people who doesn't who do not see that is a, a disservice, and it'll also tell you don't judge a book by its cover. You know. So when I saw this question, I was like, man. I see myself as a as a role model, as inspiration, as 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 a light. Where just overall, just a good, just a just a good guy. I think for me, when I saw this one, it, it kind of I kind of touched on it a little second ago about my perception of the sound of my voice versus what other people may interpret, you know. And so that was kind of interesting. But then I, I also looked at it from a business standpoint because I'm one of those type of people, Jules, that I'm always looking for feedback. I always want to get better. It doesn't matter what I'm doing in life. And so I may think, man, I did really good in that presentation. But sometimes it's important to ask for that feedback. So I'm one of those people that afterwards will be like, hey, how did I handle myself in that meeting? Especially when that one client disagreed with what I had to say. Mm, so okay. those are some of the things that sometimes I like to do just to make sure, hey, in my mind, I probably thought, man, I crushed that shit. But somebody that's outside of me was sitting there like, hey, you know what? Maybe you could have done it differently this way. And I welcome that type of shit because I want to know. I want to understand, okay, outside of who I am, how are other people perceiving my presentation of, of facts and data and how do I measure up? And I think that that's a lot better than just asking someone, how did I do? When I think of these, these are two different questions. The first question, you're asking, really asking for honest feedback. The other one, you're just almost just like looking for the person just to kiss your ass and tell you that you did great. Mm. <laughs> and, I think, and I think that in life, mm. a lot of us, we want uh-huh. that. We want that pat on the back. But sometimes we need that kick in the ass. Dude. Yes, yes, yes you do. Because, <laughs> Prez, I ain't going to lie. When we start this thing, that's what you want out, you know. And, hey, as you call it, iron shopping iron. Mm-hmm. Right. Even though the pat on the back is good. But you do need them feedbacks. And, the constructive criticism, so you can be a better uh, person. Take it a step further. You know, you got to be receptive to the feedback, like mm-hmm. how you said. Because a lot of people, what, what's the first thing they do? They get defensive. You can't. Right, right. You know, and so I think for me, one of the first things of just being able to see myself in a good light is to understand maybe how other people are seeing me. Because I think that helps. Because there's a lot of us that walk around, we may think, oh, man, I'm a good person. I'm this and I'm that. Well, that's your perception. Mm. But how do other people around you view you? How do other people view your actions? How do they view your words? Do they find you authentic? 
I think those are some of the things that I think are really key and important there. So I thought that was a really great question that came up from that session. One of the other ones, Jules, was what or whom did I make better today? And I thought this one was really, really cool. Man, Prez, my, these, we still up in these questions here are like, wow, you really had to deep down and look inside yourself and answer like the key of life here. And it's like, (laughs) man. Who do I make better today? At work all the time, I come across a lot of people. And yesterday, just yesterday, I was on this stop where, unfortunately, somebody had to be taken in the station. Okay. It was a thing where he was a man, but he was going after a female. So as taking a man, he was ranting and raving and being mad at us because he said we're no good, you know, just saying all types of stuff. And when we got into the... uh processing room, I had to, I sit down and had to talk with him. I said, listen, you're here not because of me, not because of her, not because you're here because of your action. You're here because of you. I said, but, but first of all, but what real man stepped to a female like that? Mm. Long story short, he wanted his, his male and the male lady didn't have it. It didn't come. So she didn't have anything for him. And he got messed and he got mad at her and he, and he chased her so where you had, serious. where you had people, you had civilians had to push him off her. He actually got on top of her. Oh, so, my God. <laughs> so I told him, I said, what, what kind of man are you? Mm. I saw the wheels was turning in his head. Older cat. I saw the wheels turning his head, and he was telling me all the stuff that he got going on. But at the end, before I left, he thanked me for talking to him and actually seeing, you know, seeing his fault in all this. So when I look at this question, that, that's, what popped in, that's what popped in my mind. Dude, that was powerful, man. Jules, thanks for sharing that one, for sure. I think when I think of, like, whom did I make better today, and when this question was asked on that session, Jules, I said, well, I think this is what our premise of this Pulling Back the Curtain podcast, what this platform means to me, because I always say we should be leaving things better than we found them. Yes, sir. And so when I say who did I make better today, I hope that I made this individual better. But yesterday I was in a store. And I saw a kid that was shoplifting. And I mean, I peeped it. I looked over. I'm like, man, you're not fucking very good at doing this. <laughs> you know? He's obvious, huh? Yeah, so obvious, you know? Young kid. And so I'm getting my stuff. And then I'm like, all right, I'm going to go get a couple Gatorades. I come back. And I hear him wrestling with stuff and putting more stuff in his pocket. And I finally go over to the kid. And I said, bro, you realize that there's cameras all over this place, right? I said, I don't work here. And I see what the fuck you're doing. I hear you. (laughs) I said, I'm two aisles over. I said, what do you have? And he's showing me like, it's like fruit snacks and gummy bears and a bunch of stupid shit, right? Mm. And I said, put this shit in this cart. (laughs) So we go up to the front now. As we're walking over to the front, I said, you know, is these gummy bears and all this dumb shit, is this worth you fucking getting the police involved here? Is this worth your parents having me called over here to deal with this shit? And like, I'm like having this conversation, a little frank conversation. So I buy the shit for him. And then we're outside in the, in the parking lot. And he said, he said, well, I was hungry. Okay. And I said, well, well, where are your parents? Where are your folks? He said, oh, well, my dad's at work. And he said, there's no food in the house. And I'm like, fuck, man. I was like, now, I thought in my head, if he would have fucking gotten the police involved in that situation, I don't know how it works, Jules. You could tell me how shoplifting stuff works or whatnot, but 
I don't think that that would have been like anything major. But at the same time, he don't need that type of hassle as a young kid. And if he's hungry, that's a deeper problem, right? Right, right. It reminded me of the time when, I think I told you this story, when I was in college and my fucking meal plan had gotten, uh, something happened with my meal plan in college and it wasn't working. So I couldn't get meals. And uh, my mom was sending me money, but this is during the Western Union days. So the Western Union hadn't hit. And I went into the grocery store and I made myself a sandwich and I got caught, but I was hungry. Mm-hmm. And I told the lady, the, the manager at the, at the grocery store, it was Thompson's was the name of the grocery store. And this lady, her name was uh, Miss, uh, Miss Davis. I'll never forget this lady. She said, I see you come in here all the time with your friends. And, and she said, I've never seen you do something like that. She said, what happened? Black lady, older black lady. And I said, well, ma'am, my meal card got uh, deactivated. And I said, uh, my mom is supposed to be sending me a Western Union and it's not going to come until later today. I said, I haven't eaten in a day. And I said, I'm just hungry. And she said, boy, she said, go get yourself some lunch meat, some, some whatever you need to make some sandwiches. And she said, when you get that Western Union, you come back and we'll figure it out. And that's what I did. Wow. I never had no problem with it, with Ms. Davis after that. And in fact, one year she invited me to her family's for like they did like a pre-Thanksgiving before I went back home from school. And uh, she invited me over with her family and stuff like that. And so I think about her as somebody that did something to make it better for someone because she wow. made something better for me because she could have handled that situation totally different than she did. Wow. So what happened in your situation? You flipped it and it was like, man, it's my turn. Well, yeah. Because, well, mm-hmm. I didn't even know that the kid's situation was that deep. I just saw a little shorty. Well, right. And I saw uh-huh. us when we was coming up. I'm like, this ain't right. worth it, man, over some bullshit. I was like, and my thing was, you could tell that wasn't the first time that this kid's done that. So then I talked to him and I said, look, man, if you need something, I said, there's places out here. I'm like, you look like a, a pretty sturdy kid. I said, go around. I'm like, maybe there's people on your, on your block that you can rake leaves for. You can, you know, do little odds and end jobs in the neighborhood to help people out. I said, shit, I got stuff in my, in my home that I can use some help with. So he gave, I, he gave me his number. He had a little cell phone. And I said, all right, we'll talk. I got a lot of projects around here. <laughs> if you're willing to put in some work, I got man. you. <laughs> nice. Hey, help me. Damn it. Help me. Hell. But, but, but I think the point of that, though, is in that situation, I just I looked around and I said, man, you don't need to be getting involved with no negative nah. stuff. Man, get over here. And also, I was hoping in the future, make better decisions, kid. Make better decisions. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man, dude, we need more like you, man. We need more, hey, we need more like you. Hey, likewise to you too, brother. All right. The next question I thought was really, really intriguing was, am I being true to my values? Oh, man. You know, I, I, <laughs> I believe I am. I believe I am. And listen, we all work in, pro- uh, a work in progress here. Uh, my pastor said, you won't be straight until they put you in front of that church. <laughs> so it's tough. Life is tough, but I am, man. Um, the values, like, like, like I said, my values is what what I was brought up on, and I try not to veer from it. Have, do I have my days? Of course, mm-hmm. but for the most, for for the most part, that golden rule, the, them them values, those those beliefs, they, they stick with me everywhere I go, and I just say, yeah, my I, I'm being true to it. Right, that's what's up, man. <laughs> I would say for me. I definitely felt this way last year in 2020 with the pandemic and everything that was going on. And I had a feeling, I was like, man, 
there's a lot of shit that's off in my life right now, you know? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm like that and when I'm not center jewels, it's bad because then I start doing some reckless shit. And so for me, I had to be like, I need to get back to who I am because my values weren't lining up with who I was. And okay. what I learned was is that having that separation away from like my family and people that were important to me and the people that I valued, that's one of my primary values is family. But I felt like the world and everything that was going on was kind of keeping me away from people because I was trying to be responsible and safe. But at the same time, it was stripping away of what was really important. And I would say in the past, not now, that work, I would allow that to get in front of family. And that's not matching up to my values. And I feel like today, when I look at what I'm doing now, I have been more aligned and more connected with my family. I have been able Mm. to put those boundaries up at work and say, hey, you know what? Family first. This job and these responsibilities, they'll be here tomorrow. I'm not going to kill myself today about all this shit that's going on, right? And that was when I truly started to be true to those values and that little nagging voice that used to play in my head about things being off, it started to go away. Because one thing that I always tell people is, if you want things to change in your life, you're the one who's going to have to put it into work and you're going to have to do something about it. All right, Jules, this one was the part of the, the session that I thought resonated with me probably the most. Okay. And the question was, what made you laugh today? Damn, what made me laugh? <laughs> Prez, it's, it's so much stuff in this world that, that, that I can just sit back and laugh at, man. But one of the things that made me laugh is when we got on the um, podcast. We laugh every time we talk. Yes, sir. And I look forward to that every Saturday or every time we talk or or even even text, we can do the, the, the laugh <laughs> emoji. Man, and, 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 and those are the things I don't take for granted in this world, in this life, because you, you need to laugh or you, you'll go crazy. Yeah. And I like and I like to laugh. I love to laugh. What, <laughs> so, what do they say about laughter, man? They always oh, tell you man, it's like the, the best, best one of the best things. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And it's so true because this is the thing, bro. As you know, life is hectic, stressful. Being an adult isn't what it's cracked up to be. You and I, when we were coming up, we were in such a hurry to be grown. <laughs> I wish somebody would have told us man. some shit back then about that. Dude, you ain't kidding, man. Now it's like, God, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I'm cool because I ain't got no tests or nothing. Or you got to study or get up for school or something. But man... <laughs> hey, adulthood is serious. It's serious. It's serious, serious business. business. Yeah. To that point, though, is the reason why this question resonated with me so much, Jules, is you got to take time to remember to enjoy those lighthearted moments in life and those times. And those are the times that I felt like we had more of when we was coming up. You know, those times we'd be tripping out, doing really nothing but just cracking jokes and enjoying each other's company. Well, I think that as adults, we still need to have those moments as well. You know, remember that the small things in life are important just as well as the major things that you got going on. Mm -hmm. So take the time to appreciate and acknowledge them. You know what I mean? Right. And so to the point that you made, yeah, we was tripping out on our little pre-show thing and audience, if you guys can hear some of the stuff that that me and Jules joke about (laughs) during the (laughs) pre-show. 
<laughs> you know, because that's when we catching up and we just over here just, you know, getting warmed up. And yeah, it's some funny conversations that we have. <laughs> Maybe in the future, we'll enlighten you guys on some of those. But for now, we'll keep those between the two of us. But those are some <laughs> yeah. good moments. And I and I love that because I did laugh on those today. But I got another one that, that happened early in this week. And I, was, I wasn't I was having the best week this week. If everything with work Uh-oh. has been a little haywire, you know. But okay. I'm still thankful to have the job. But however, in one of my group texts, <laughs> somebody has sent this video of a guy. And some of you all, all people in the audience, you guys have probably seen this video because it's gone viral. There's a guy, he looks like he's at some nightclub. And he's just like gyrating like his lower part body, lower part <laughs> of his body. And it's just hilarious because he's just like gyrating, gyrating. And then, like, people around him are trying to get him to stop doing it. And he keeps, like, pushing the people away. And each time he goes back to start gyrating, he gets extra with it. So then he takes his shirt off. And then, <laughs> oh, then somebody else comes over. He pushes him away. By the next time you know it, this guy ain't got no damn clothes on except for, like, his boxes. And he's just going crazy with his gyrations. That shit had me dying. Damn. <laughs> Dude, that's the, was it was it was he just gyrating just in the air or was he by a mailbox or something or like, he's just like in the air just in the air in the club the hell you know but wait a minute I, and he in the club too he was in the club he was in the club at first he had like a little sport coat on and he was doing his little gyration thing and somebody was like, all right man you gotta cool out and that's you know the shirt came off and he's swinging it over his head doing the gy- i mean oh, man. it was hilarious but the point of that was like I've now been like looking for those moments now every week after this session of like just finding those little small times or something just cracks me up just to try to have like some things in life that are kind of enjoyable and just a moment to laugh about some shit that's lighthearted. Oh, dude, I'm with you, man. (laughs) I'm with you. (laughs) Cause like you said, you was having a rough, a rough go at it, man. Rough week. And just that clip. And you just able to just 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 wash off that 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 other stuff that was just going yeah, on, and it, it man. definitely helped between that <laughs> between that and that gym session that afternoon. Yeah, I was oh, good. Yeah, especially that gym session. I know you probably went in on that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, I got some three plates going on that bench press, man. I I just had to get after it, man. Man, you need to slow down, man. <laughs> 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 hey man, you need to slow down, man. <laughs> Hey, man, how much bigger you trying to get, man? I'm not trying to get much bigger, man. It's just stress, man. That's how I work for my stress now. <laughs> <laughs> so you keep seeing me get all these muscles. You be like, man, he done been stressed yeah. out lately. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Woo-wee. He said three plays going. Like, God, dog. <laughs> Woo-wee. You know, you know how we do. Man. <laughs> So the uh, the next question, Jules, that was pretty impactful from the session was, and this was also one that I definitely tried to apply. Right? I actually did, but I'll get to mine later. But this one was, what did I learn today? And I thought this was really cool. Mm. Man, you know, just in general, in life in general, it people have problems. And I learned that no matter what, somebody got it works. Mm-hmm. I just learned that for right now, and it's going to get even better. I'm living pretty good. Just what I've learned is just, you can't, it's good not to judge people, look down on, on anybody. That's fair. Man, you, you, it's just, you might be you might be a check away or mm-hmm. or something might happen where you, dis, you know, maybe dis, disable and lose your job or whatever the case may be. It's, I just, in this life, you just can't look, you can't look down on anybody. That's it's one of them things that do, that will stick with me and they always stick with me. 
that that message right there. No, I think that's very important. For me, I, I took mine because I think yours is really important. I think more people need to do that because those are things that I think there's a lot of people out here that could they could take advantage of actually learning, especially the judgment part. I think that's a big thing that people need to maybe knock off a little bit. You know, it's very easy, as I talked about with our mailbag session, it's very easy to judge others, but sometimes you got to look at that person in the mirror. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but mine for what did I learned today, it was more of a personal one. Okay. So, and I was sharing this with you earlier, Jules, I actually taught myself how to edit and produce audio tracks, which is something that I've kind of been curious about. We have an audio producer that helps us out with all the podcasts, but if anybody from that listens to these shows can probably pick up from my personality, I'm one of these people that's always trying to learn something new. If somebody else can do it, well, shit, why can't I? So okay. I sat down and figured it out. And uh, I would say this. It was important for me to understand the process that goes on behind with the podcast. Because Jules, you and I, when we're doing this, we're all on the front end. But the back end stuff, if that shit ain't on tight, then you got an awful podcast. So right, I right. want to learn, I wanted to learn the full front end and back end. And so that's kind of where I was at with it. But that was something that I learned. I actually taught myself this week and I actually did an edit for one of our other podcasts. So just a small thing, but just something that I wanted to, to learn how to do. And for the record, we love our audio guy. He's the best. He ain't going nowhere. I just want to learn what he knows. And I'm, shit, I'm probably scratching the surface of what this man can do. He a bad motherfucker, but. You know, I was probably 70% on what I did, but you know, I'll get there. <laughs> oh, yeah, most definitely, man. You're going to be like, you're going to be surgical with it, man, <laughs> in a few. Yeah, give me a little time. Because I, I tell you, but I tell you all the time, I said, man, what you doing here and DB and, 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 and state of mind, I was like, now, now editing? Ooh, we, bro, you, you good, man. <laughs> you are definitely good, man. <laughs> I'm trying, brother. I'm trying. So, one of the other ones, Jules, was why don't you do the things that you should be doing? Now, when he said oh, this one, man. he had a lot of people in the room that was quiet. Yeah, I bet. I probably would have been one of them. Because, <laughs> because one of the things, wh- wh- why you're not doing it? Because of, it, it can be multiple things. But for me, some of the things I want to get done in this world, in this life, uh, laziness, coming up with come up with excuses. Mm-hmm. Dude, that, I mean... Because prayers, like you said, we work nine to fives or whatever the case may be and and podcasting and then your family life and maintaining the house and cars mm-hmm. and just life in general, seeing your folks and brothers and sisters and friends. And, I mean, you're only one person. <laughs> you only have 24 hours a day. Right. You know? And those those things like, why well, am I not doing this? Why well, am I not executing it? Can I turn off the TV? Yes. Mm, mm. Can I put the phone? Can I put the phone down if somebody call? I can always call people back, right? So let's put, let's get a plan. Or how about I get a plan, write a plan down, then go after it and execute it. Actually, so those those things, like yeah, you one person, yeah, you have all these things around you. Yes, it's only twenty four hours, but we can kind of shed some fat and where we can make time, and and what you're trying to achieve don't have to necessarily be done in a day. But once you start doing it piece by piece, then you'll get rolling. You just need to get rolling. And that's one of the things I need to do for myself, you know. <laughs> so so it's just taking the time to say, hey, you know what? There's something I want to achieve. I just got to 
put things in perspective and go after it. That's key. And I think, too, Jules, you hit it right on the head when you talked about laziness. I think that's a part of the problem for a lot of people out here. A lot of people, they want the, the um, all the fruits of what mm-hmm. goes into doing the hard work, but they don't want to put the work in. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about what we've been able to do with these podcasts. That didn't happen overnight. It also wasn't by accident. It was a lot of hard work, a lot of work behind the scenes, a lot of tough conversations. But however, people will look now and they'll be like, oh, man, y'all doing y'all thing, man. That's what's up, this and that. Y'all make it look so easy. I'm like, shit, man. Nothing easy about this. As you mentioned, we got nine to fives. We got family. But off the word, if you want something in this life, man, you got to go out there and go get that shit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the problem. And even for me, I'll say for a very long time, I was one of those people that put off things for tomorrow that I should have been doing at, on that particular day. But you know what changed for me, Jules? What's that? The pandemic and COVID. Dude. That was my wake-up call. Uh-huh. And you remember how my urgency just started ratcheting during the pandemic. That was also probably some of my anxiety because I was like losing my damn mind because it was nothing to do. But <laughs> Well, I was straightened up. <laughs> I, I didn't want no smoke. <laughs> I was like, yes, sir. Whatever you need to do. <laughs> Oh, shit. And audience, that is an inside joke because Jules always says that. He's like, poor friends, you was riding my ass, man. Woo-wee. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to the point, though, that was my wake-up call. And so that was the moment for me during that pandemic when I looked around and I said, hey, Jules, we got an opportunity, man, to build something here, man. And I had all that time sitting over here coming up with all these ideas and shit. And I said, let me seize the day. Let's, let's build something. Because I was sick and tired of like having ideas in my head and then not doing anything with them. And then you see somebody else come along and they're doing this shit. And you just Man. like, yeah, why did I do that? You right, know what I mean? Right. So right. what I've been doing as of late, Jules, you could tell how I've been moving with all these different things that I've been adding to the different podcasts is now if an idea pops in my head, I write that shit down and I figure out how to make it a reality. Good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And this is actually something that I wish that I would have done sooner. Because if I had been doing that shit earlier in my life, imagine, dude, where I'll be right now. Man, you and me both, man. There's a saying, man, write the vision and make it plain. Mm-hmm. Dude, dude, we all got gifts and talents, man. We just got to go after it, like you said earlier. Nobody's going to hand you anything. No way. Dude, this, <laughs> write the vision, make it plain. Get a plan in place and execute it. Go after it. And prayers, you, man, you, you do it because... When we talked in the pre-show, sound professional to me. Sound dope to me. <laughs> Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. All right. One of the other questions that really resonated with me, and it made me think, and I really had to sit down and be like, fuck, okay, cool. But that's why I was really glad that I was on that Zoom session. But this other question, Jules, was in what areas of my life am I settling? Because we know everybody is settling on something right now. So, Wow. Man, that's that is an excellent question. I for right now, of course, your jobs you're selling. I, well, yep. for me, I can speak, you know, for myself. I'm oh like, no, you, you said for me too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shit. And can I do other things? And yeah, but it just popped my mind. I was talking to another uh, coworker of mine, 
And I, I was talking to him and I said, you know what? It seemed like, man, it seemed like this thing is just passing me by as far as the work because I'm looking at not an old head, but I'm up there. And I see the younger guys coming in and young girls and they're, you know, all pissing vinegar and stuff like that. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm looking at them like, yeah, all right, that's going to change. <laughs> but I was talking to my guy, Mike, and he was like, and I, I told him, I said, man, I just feel like I don't belong. I feel like I don't, I don't connect here because where I'm at mentally and physically and, and the years I put on the job, I feel like I should be at another place in my life mm. as far as the department. And then I'd say, and then I was talking to another friend of mine. I said, listen, what I want to do as far as the department, I feel like I, I can't be a police officer, but we're doing this. So, I mean, it, 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 there's something more than yep. what I'm doing right now. Yep. And sure. I just, I just have to, when we talk about the previous question, just go off my lazy ass and just, to, just, just go with it. Just, 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 just execute. Yep. No, I, I, this is a fair point. And Jules, like the piggyback off what you said, I think the same thing with my job too. I've gotten comfortable in my role. I do well at what I do. I'm compensated very well for it. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to go into an office, but there's going to come a point that I'm going to have to make myself uncomfortable again. So, and that's one of the things that when I thought about this question, I thought about work, I'm like, whew, settle in there. But then another area, and this is something that I did in the past that I'm trying to do a better job of now. As I mentioned, I keep my circle very small. So I think I settled in the past on certain friendships that didn't serve me well, maybe some people that didn't have my best interests at heart. So as I mentioned on last week's show, I choose forgiveness of people. I'm not going to hold grudges about people from the past, but I'm just extremely careful about who I let into my universe because we all got to protect our energy, especially right now. So for me, any type of relationship that I'm in, but even friendships, I know they're all going to have their ups and downs. Jules and I, we've Uh had situations, but that's still my brother. But you got to be willing to put the work in. You got to be able to be honest and candid with your friend, but you also got to keep that communication open. That shit is so key. And one of the, the really big things that I think about some of my most longest relationships, friends wise, I look at the common denominator with the people. And you think about it, I talk about Jules. That's a brother, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey. Yeah, that's that's where that 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 conversation, that's that's what it is. And I think about my other buddy, Jamar, that you know, Jules. And I've known him uh-huh. since I was in the fourth grade. And that friendship, just like the one with you, Jules, is rooted in mutual respect. Dude, we can banter and, and talk shit about damn near anything and laugh and trip out. But most importantly, it's a brotherhood. And that's something that I hold near and dear. So if there's anybody that's trying to get into my universe, that's what it's all about. It's family. Family's important to me. I told you guys that earlier. So that's where it's at for me. Dude, man, that's powerful right there. Because you made me think, I didn't even, that just... Popped into my mind when you said that. I was like, man, selling as far as friendship or relationship, you know, that's, you just selling because you don't see, you can do any better. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's, that, wow. Because there's people that, that I'll talk to, especially like when I'm working with these, the kids in the different programs and they'll talk about their friends. But when you hear them talk about the friends, you're like, is that person a friend just because you've known them for X number of time? Or is that somebody that's like really, really in the trenches with you? Right. Because, when I think about, like I talked about with you and my buddy Jamar, I look at you guys as like, hey, these are dudes that are in my circle, but they not only are people that I consider brothers, but they also make a positive influence on my life. So there's times that 
hey, I may be thinking about man doing some fucked up shit. And I think about, nah, man, that ain't no good look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I look at how they, some cats is living law. Oh, I need, I need to fall back on that shit. So people need to be a positive influence on your life as well. Oh man, that speak fighting there. Yeah, that's a good one. That was that's a good one right there. Yes, sir. All right, man. We get down to the nitty-gritty here Uh-oh. and we're getting okay. down to some of the really, really, really good ones. So the next one was what do I want my wife to be like in five years? Ooh, man, I'd like to be I'd like to be rich sitting on my own island, drinking on some dietary uh Dr. Pepper. No, <laughs> 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 no, nah, nah, man. You know what? Five years, man. Wow. I looked at this and start smiling because I'd like to have my family to get larger, you know, to grow. Yes, sir. Been trying, man. We talked, and that's what I want to see. That's my main thing. Yeah. My main thing for my family to grow. Keep doing what we're doing on here, but a bigger platform. Yes, sir. <laughs> man, just want to have fun, man. Just want to laugh. Just want to laugh. Less stress. Family getting bigger. No care in the world. Just, just live life and just have fun, man. That's why. I, that's why I want to see myself in five years. Man, I second that 100%, especially on the platform, but also it's for mm-hmm. you, what you guys are trying to do. It's going to happen. Don't even trip. For me, I look at it as being one step closer to retirement. So as I mentioned previously on the show, I got a goal to retire in the next eight years. Now, I know some people may say, Ooh, why so soon? Why so early? Well, to Jules' point, hey, man, I've seen my grandmother. I've seen other people in my family work for 40, 50 years. And they didn't get to enjoy the fruits of all yes. that work. Yes. And my whole thing is, if now I take to make the decision in these next eight years to simplify my life, to reduce overhead, to not spend on things that are necessary, because we know in life that sometimes we buy things that are meaningless and they don't mean anything, right? If I can start making more savvy decisions with my finances, and if I put myself in better situations to execute, as we talked about earlier, Think about what we're doing with these podcasts and what we're trying to do with these podcasts. That's a part of the equation. Mm-hmm. Getting more savvy with real estate, getting more savvy with cryptocurrency, which is something that we're going to delve uh-huh. into this show. There's so many things out here that I can be doing to put myself in a better situation. And that's what I want to do. So in the next five years, I want to see myself halfway towards that goal of retirement. So that way I can enjoy life. And I want the back half of my life to be what the first half hasn't been. The back half, I want peace. I want to be surrounded by love, and I just want to be surrounded by people that got my best interests in mind. That's all I want. That's powerful. I'm with you. <laughs> my second night. <laughs> Sir. Wow. All right, Jules. What is the most important lesson you've learned so far in life, and then are you living that lesson? Ooh, okay. It's like a yes or no. The important part of life, <laughs> one important um, um, lessons I've learned is what we had spoke about earlier. Nobody's going to give you a damn thing. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to give you anything. You may have people on, on, on your steps of getting to your positions to probably look out for you, but don't even look for that. But you get whatever you got to do, whatever you want to accomplish, whatever dreams or goals or, or avenues you have to take, it's all... Ultimately, it's all on you. It is all on you, man. And that's and that's the God's truth. People talk about, hey, you know, jobs and resources and 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 the man and all this. But you know what? Yes, maybe. But you you still got to go out there and put your as my mom always say, put your best foot forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So that's one thing. That's one of the lessons in life that I learned from 
when when I was on TJ in, in high school to 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 now and forever is that whatever you want, you got to put in the time and energy and go for it. Man, 100%. 100%. I think that's something that a lot of people need to really take heed of out here. There's a lot of people that feel entitled to things, and we shouldn't feel that way. Nobody owes you shit, <laughs> and not a damn thing. And I think that was huge, Jules. For me, I got a couple on it, so please bear with me. The first one is health. Okay. As we age, it's important to realize how important our health is and to take care of that shit, right? So there's a lot of people that I know. I'm looking at them like, bro, and now we get into a certain age here. You might want to start walking. You might want to stop maybe cutting mm-hmm. down on the, on the heralds. You know, it's just little things like that because the way we grew up as kids, our parents weren't feeding us certain type of a food. You know, we had food that was high in preser- preservatives. You know, a lot of food that was high in sodium. We were drinking pop all the time. Like, a lot of that stuff that they teach now about nutrition, our parents didn't do all that shit. We was eating soul food and right. not thinking nothing of it, right? But now as I get older, I'm more cognizant of what I'm putting in my body. So I think that's one of the lessons. Now, am I living that lesson now? Yes. I definitely am very conscious about my diet. I work out a lot. So I'm trying to take care of myself because I do want to enjoy that back end of life, but there's going to be no back end of life if I'm not putting in the work to make sure that I'm going to be around for it. The second lesson is happiness. When I was growing up, and I've shared this on this show, we grew up with not a lot, you know? And so I looked around and I would see kids that would have this and they would have these Jordans and they would have this and that. I didn't have any of that type of stuff. But I've also shared on the show, I was cool. Didn't matter to me. I was good. Now that I've gotten older and I've gotten a couple of dollars in my pocket, I realize, hey, happiness don't come with making more money <laughs> or having more money or Ooh, having things. Man, tell them, man. What I learned is like, man, happiness is, it comes from within side. So this episode today was really dope to me because when I went through this session, I started writing down all these notes of things that I am doing, things that I wish I was doing differently and things that I will say that I will do going forward. But the happiness piece is something that I have definitely done a lot of work in the last 10 years, which is truly understanding what makes me happy, what makes me tick, because it's not objects, it's not things, it's people, it's family, because those are the things that really matter at the end of the day. But there was a time in my life where I was blinded by money, I was blinded by success, and then I forgot and I lost track of that, and I had to get back to who I was. So I think that that's an important lesson that I learned. I'm hoping that someone is listening to this. If you're stuck in that, just balance things a little bit better. You know what I mean? That is big. What you putting in your body or if you need medication all the time, that tells you, like, man, I got to do something different. If your health ain't good, then shit. What do you think will happen in the future? That was a good point. Excellent point. Also, too, you know another thing, Jules, before we get out of here? I think a lot now in terms of what if today was my last day on earth, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I'm moving right now. So it's just, my purpose is just a little bit, I guess, different. It's a little a little bit more sturdy, I would say. So how your mom said about that best foot forward, I feel like yeah. maybe I'm like taking that best foot and I'm stomping that bitch into the ground because I just feel <laughs> like, hey, I don't know if tomorrow's coming, but I guess what, today I'm gonna fucking kill this shit. One of the points that you made earlier in the conversation that I did not want our audience to, to forget about You talked about the time that people waste playing games on their phones, being on their phones, or commenting on people's Facebook and Twitter posts or whatever. You you probably didn't say that last part. I'm just going to throw that part in there Mm -hmm. because I think that's a part of it. The things that we're doing on our phones, 
the shit that don't matter is mindless bullshit. Why don't we spend that time actually reaching out to our friends and saying, man, let's meet up. Let's get up, man. Let's let's go break bread. Let's go grab a drink. Let's meet up. Uh-huh. Let's get back to that. Let's get back to that actual interaction with people and get off of the fucking phones. Be present. So when you are hanging out with those individuals, don't be elsewhere. One of the things that I really hate is like if I'm out with my boys and you got one person that's like, oh, man, I got to see what's going on at home. The fuck you mean you got to see what's going on at home? Ain't you been at home all week? Right. <laughs> right. Right. You know, be present. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I just oh, want man. us all to just be present. Whatever it is that you're doing, be committed to that. Man, be present. That's There it is. There it is right there. Be present. Because I'll say this. Doing this exercise with you, audience, about how to ask the hard questions. Well, guess what? We know this is going to be extremely uncomfortable for some. It was for me when I went through that session that I was on a Zoom. But we don't learn and grow by sticking with what's comfortable. Jules, go on and hit up with that curtain call, bruh. Friends, this curtain call goes out to Marley Adams, author of best-selling book, Change Your Questions, Change Your Life. Adams reveals several techniques to get people thinking in terms of questions instead of statements and answers. She provides easy-to-learn tools that can make a significant and immediate difference in people's business and their personal lives. It's a book everyone will benefit from reading and applying to their life. Ms. Adams, Perez and I Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast family, would like to thank you and appreciate all your hard work. Jules, thanks for that curtain call. As always, you can find this podcast on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Deezer, or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate your continued support of the show. Without you, we wouldn't be. We're the Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast. Thanks for listening.